0: How I love your word, how it lights my path, how it guides my way. And Joash is going to read to us the reading from Matthew 23, 34 to 39. And so I tell you. I will send you prophets, and wise men, and teachers. You will kill some of them, crucify others, and whip others in the synagogues, and chase them from town to town. As a result, the punishment for the murder of all innocent people will fall on you, from the murder of innocent Abel to the murder of Zechariah, son of Berechiah, whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. I tell you indeed, The punishment for all these murders will fall on the people of this day. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you kill the prophets and stone the messengers God has sent you. How many times I wanted to put my arms around all your people, just as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you would not let me. And so your temple will be abandoned and empty. From now on, I tell you, You will never see me again until you say, God bless him who comes in the name of the Lord. Just pray for Walter quickly before he speaks. Lord, I thank you for Walter and I thank you for the message that he's about to share with us all today. And I pray that each and every one of us will be able to take something from it and that you will really let it settle in all of our hearts and let it go with us as we go forward this week. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Joash.
1: Well, good afternoon, everybody. That's a a scary passage, isn't it? When I first read that, afresh, I thought, gosh, uh, there's a lot of blood and threats and danger in that passage. Um, It starts off with Jesus calling the Pharisees a brood of vipers. I've got a picture of a, a whole nest of vipers, and half a dozen of them are looking up at the viewer. They've got their heads raised as if they're ready to strike. And um, I really wouldn't like to be the person that those vipers are looking at in that picture. Um, I've got a healthy respect for snakes. I grew up in South Africa where my dad regularly had to kill a snake that emerged in the garden, a number of nice green mambas among them. And um, I've seen some of the damage that snakes can do to a person. And... In this whole passage, just before the chapter we read, in fact, Jesus says lots of other things to the Pharisees and calls them lots of other names. He points out all their hypocrisy. He calls them robbers and thieves. He calls them blind guides. He calls them, can you imagine this, sons of hell and self indulgent and things like whitewashed tombs. And I realize that um, David Farrow, a couple of weeks ago, may have mentioned some of those things to us. But for the sake of the children, I don't know if any of the children noticed that in the coloring in picture, children, as you're coloring and doing your stickers over there, I wonder if any of you realize what those little boxes were. Some people thought they were Fitbits that were on the, on the Pharisee's arm and on the head. Well, those things are called phylacteries, as, uh, as Debbie, I think, said. And they were, in fact, little boxes that held four scripture passages. There were four little compartments in those... Well, right, let's move on. There there are vipers. Brilliant. A nice nest. Let's, let's jump forward. Here are blind guides and robbers and thieves... And then the next one. Right, so here we've got a few modern-day rabbis and um, Jews wearing their phylacteries. And as I was saying, they've got the ones on the head at four compartments with four scripture passages from Exodus and from Deuteronomy, passages from the law that were, you know, reminding them of God's commandments. The one on the arm, the idea was that it... Projected so that on the left arm, it, it it sort of was positioned just over their hearts, so it was close to their hearts and on their foreheads. And you can see this modern-day Jews wearing long tassels, and the tassels were a reminder of God's commandments. But of course, Jesus said the Pharisees of the day were wearing much broader phylacteries, and they were wearing much longer tassels than were really necessary. They were showing off, they were making a point about their, their piousness and their religiosity. And so that's a little reminder about what Jesus thought about the Pharisees of that day. But in this passage, I don't know if any of you noticed it, there is another type of, of person that Jesus is talking about. And that is in verse 34, and I'll read it it to remind us. Um, Therefore, behold, I am sending you prophets and wise men and scribes. Some of them you will kill and crucify, and some of them you will scourge in your synagogues and persecute from city to city, so that upon you may fall the guilt of all the righteous blood on earth, from the blood of righteous Abel, to the blood of Zachariah, the son of Berechiah, whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. And Jesus prophesies that some of these Pharisees would murder and persecute those that Jesus sends. And we only need to read the book of Acts to see how soon that happened after Jesus' ascension the Jews began to terrorize the Christians, the early church, chased them from city to city. And as we can see here, some of them were martyred like Stephen. And they were persecuted and crucified as well. And in fact, in verse 35, as I just read, Jesus then says that this persecution puts those Pharisees in the very same category as those who, through the ages, through the Old Testament, persecuted and killed the people that God sent, the prophets that God sent, right from the beginning where Cain and Abel made an altar altar and a, a sacrifice to God. And of course, as we know, Cain rose up in jealousy because his sacrifice wasn't accepted. He rose up in anger and he murdered Abel. They were both serving God. They were both trying to worship God. And all the way through, right up, in fact, that that mention of Zechariah is right in the last book of the Jewish Torah, in the second book of Chronicles. So literally from A, Abel, all the way to Z, Zechariah, God's very own people murdered the ones that he sent all the way to the last prophet in their book. And so these were people not killed by those outside of the Hebrew nation, but by God's very own people. And I don't want to say a whole lot more about that, but to ask ourselves, which of these two groups do we belong to? The group of the Pharisees, those who murdered, or the group of those who are sent and before we answer that question too quickly, I want to say this. Do you know that that word crucify has entered into modern day English? I don't know if any of you have heard that expression, the press crucified him. A football team might say, our fans will crucify us if we don't win today. We all know, don't we, that we can break people down with our words. We can crucify and terrorize, and tear people down with our words. And I sort of think that we are more often than not in a passive situation when we do that. We're more often than not being lazy and watching other people do something and criticizing them. And it reminded me of that program, Gogglebox. I don't watch it much, but I've seen a few clips from it. And it's When you think about it, it's quite an interesting concept, isn't it? We are watching people who in their sitting rooms are watching programs that happen through the week. And we are simply watching them sit back on their sofas and criticize something. And aren't we doing the very same thing back to them? Some of them have become celebrities just because they do this thing in an entertaining way. They're not really doing anything themselves, just being armchair critics. And we, in turn, become armchair critics of them. And I want to suggest that when people are busy really doing what the Lord has called them to do, then they will be too too busy to be critical of others. Or else, I don't know if you find this, when you're really busy with doing something that the Lord has called you to do, you have more compassion... And you have more empathy for those who are on the same road as you that are perhaps struggling with what they're doing. Trying to hear what God is calling them to do. So let's be those who are alert. Waiting for our master's instructions. I've got some images of workers here. I wonder if you can see what these workers might have in common. They're all... Workers that are taken from Jesus' parables. And I wonder if you look at them for a minute, if any of those jobs capture your imagination. Maybe the one of somebody tending a vineyard. Maybe somebody who's sowing, who goes and sows, and who tends and reaps. What about the one who cares for his flock? And the person who builds. I just wondered if any of those capture your imagination as you sit and think about them. Which do you have more of an affinity to? And maybe the Lord is speaking to you, maybe reminding you of something that you need to be doing. But I want to end on a very positive note and refer to that last bit of today's scripture in verse 37 where Jesus says, Jerusalem, 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 Who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her? How often I wanted to gather your children together, the way a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were unwilling. And, um, you know, I've not spent that much time around chickens. And I thought, to really understand this, I need to see what happens when a mother hen looks after a chick. So I went to YouTube. YouTube's very helpful. And there's some very good clips of a hen looking after it. Now, maybe um, this doesn't sadly produce sound, but maybe you could use that clip that you were playing earlier just to, just to give us a context. <laughs> it's a bit overcrowded. Thank you, Ian. That's good, We can leave it on that one. Thank you. And this passage where Jesus talks about himself as a hen covering the chicks shows us that Jesus wasn't just wanting to condemn and judge the Pharisees and scribes. He was wanting them to repent. He was wanting them to turn to him. He wanted to love them. He wanted to gather them and all the rest of Jerusalem under his wings like a hen gathers her chicks. And that's the same for us. It doesn't matter where we've come from. It doesn't matter how hard our hearts have been in the past or how prickly we might be. Nobody is excluded. Jesus wants to gather us together. Did you notice when we did that gathering of the, of the chicks earlier on? Did you notice what happened? We, when we were called, we all grew closer together. We all came together. We actually got closer. And I think there's a truth in that. That prophetic act. There was nobody standing on the sidelines being a spectator. Amen.